0: BLOCK TALK RADIO Welcome to Great Air Blitz right here on BLOCK TALK RADIO on Apple Podcasts the uh, 189 edition of the Gridiron Blitz, right alongside uh, the always informative and our college football guru, Troy Wilson. Unfortunately, Holly Customs will not be here today, but uh, me and Troy are going to keep it going for the hour here. Um, So we have some bad news, of course. Um, Hurricane Harvey up in, uh, in Texas and lower parts of Louisiana So our prayers and thoughts go out to all the uh, women's gridiron athletes out there and all the teams out there, including, obviously, all the uh, people out there that are suffering right now with the uh, high winds and as well as the rain. So we wish them well. And so um, shout-out to uh, J.J. Watts. This guy's raised over, what, uh, $3.5 million in almost a day. So, uh, I mean, this guy's just awesome. So you you can go to youcaring.com. Uh, forward slash JJ Watt and you can donate as little as a dollar or above and then you can also go to the uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, American Red Cross you can text uh, Harvey H A R V E Y to 90999 and $10 minimum there for texting so you can help out in either way Um, so we hope everybody out there is um, you know in in shelters or they're um, you know they've actually evacuated their uh, homes and in safer ground, so uh, that's you know how we're going to kick it off today. So Troy, it's kind of a horrible news and aspect in terms of Mother Nature, but uh, um, you know we hope
1: everybody's safe. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and again, let me um, you know echo your same sentiments. You know, uh, our thoughts go out to everyone uh, you know in in the Texas areas that are affected, and also Louisiana, and you know, and and all of the um, the rescuers down there who are, you know, taking time and their own resources to help out people. You you love to see, especially, you know, if there is a silver lining. You love to see, you know, with these with these times out here where it seems so divisive. To see so many people working together and just that humanity. Um, you know, everyone having that hum, hum, that humane spirit and coming together and helping each other out. That was the one thing that I, I really love so much about it. I mean, I, I wish I was closer; I would be able to go down there and help out myself. Um, but you know, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of them. And we have, you know, we have a,
0: a amazing, uh, you know, soldiers, volunteers, about everybody, and and people from uh, out of state also coming over to help out. So, uh, you know, all the relief efforts are going towards there. But uh, you know, shout out to J.J. Watts who's been uh, ongoing for the whole time, the last two days. Uh, he set a goal originally I think it was at a million and now you know the NFL has stepped in some team owners have stepped in plus the you know average fan and average uh contributor so um you know shout out to him for uh you know trying to help out his community especially out there in Houston
1: yeah absolutely and I believe um uh, Bud Adams daughter uh she contributed a million dollars to it I mean that's that, that's just fantastic I mean you You'd see donations like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, you have some people who kind of, um, you know, uh, hate the fact that, you know, one person gets a lot of the limelight. I think this is one of those instances where uh, you see that fame is, is, is going towards a good cause and is able to help uh, spur a lot of the, 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 the efforts to, you know, don't, you know, to take in donations for everyone that's involved in it. So I'm just i ecstatic to see things like that.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing uh, to show for the NFL, uh, especially, you know, a, a player of his caliber stepping up, especially in his community that uh, speaks volumes. So uh, besides that, uh, the Texans, the Cowboys, and I guess season ticket holders all over the NFL, certain teams have uh, decided to go ahead and uh, make a portion of their ticket sales and donate it to the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund as well. So that's, that's awesome. Um, Troy uh, preseason is going to be almost over right now. I mean, we're gonna get, we got another week or so, and then the rosters have to be set by September 2nd. So um, uh, Julian Edelman going down, uh, new England always seems to rebound. And Marcus flower just got picked up from the Bengals and the Patriots gave up a seventh rounder. <laughs> like they needed any better, you know, more fuel power, but um you know Edelman, Edelman going down, I mean, uh this guy is almost as worthy, if not as crucial, as a Fitzgerald in Arizona, uh Jones in Atlanta, and a and a Brown in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I mean and and the thing is with Julian Edelman, the one thing that Tom Brady had was that trust. I mean he's been in that system forever. Uh Edelman and, and and Brady are extremely close. They know each other. They know the looks that to give each other. Um, they know where each other is gonna be. Uh so you really can't put a premium on that. It's just not you're not just losing a guy um, you know, with over a hundred catches and over a thousand yards, you're losing what, what has been uh one of his safety valves for years. Um so you're gonna see some guys that need to step up on that roster. Uh, to take uh, at least, you know, participate into taking uh, some of the brunt off of them. Are they going to be able to replace them? I don't think you ever can. But, you know, it's going to be guys like, uh, you know, um, uh, Mitchell and, and Brandon Cooks, who they signed in the offseason. Daniel M. at this point is, is going to be the huge factor because he's more the guy that fits the, the narrative of uh, that consummate slot receiver. His issue has been staying healthy over the years. So you're going to have to see a lot of guys step up on that offense, especially guys like uh, like Mitchell from uh, Georgia. He's in his second year, I believe. So are these guys going to be able to step up? Typically in the Patriots locker room, there's always been this next man up mentality. I think that by this time these guys almost invented the phrase because when the guys get injured, all somebody does is come in and take their place, and you see people uh, step up and make more, uh, make huge efforts for these for this team. I don't think this would be any different. Sands a, a, a big rash of injuries.
0: Yeah, and you got you had Hogan, who they picked up from Buffalo, who has not has not shown his you know total potential yet. So there's another option besides Amendola's injury-prone, as you were talking.
1: Yeah, and they're probably going to end up putting um, uh, Hogan out on the um, out on the uh, on the boundary. They're probably going to use him as a split in, and put Amendola there in the slot. Uh, Hogan's going to have to step up. I mean, in Buffalo, he made some huge, huge plays. And, you know, he didn't make as many plays last year um, for New England. Maybe it's because it was his first year and this is the second year now. So maybe he'll be a little bit more well-versed in the offense. But this will be his chance to step up. And I just think with that coaching staff, they're really not going to let that Patriots team fail in any kind of way.
0: Now, um, Troy, does it rub you the wrong way if you're a Patriots fan that Stafford gets big money with no rings?
1: No. Um, if you're a Patriot fan, you understand that Tom Brady has given this team several discounts over the years. I believe the last contract Tom Brady signed was a six year, sixty million dollar contract. It had all kind of incentives in there. Um, this is that's that's Tom Brady's MO. Uh, you know, it's less about money, it's more about wins. He understands that you know, he'll probably have to give up some money for them to keep the players that they do. Um, but at the same time, that's just the climate in the NFL now. I mean, you it started when you had Colin Kaepernick, who he signed a $100 million deal. I mean, yeah, he had took a team to, to a Super Bowl, but at that point in time, he's, you know, he's been, he was a four-year player, um, and he showed a little bit of promise, but not a $100 million promise. And then it was Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill signed a $100 million contract. Um, uh, the Red Rifle, uh, Andy Dalton, $100 million contract. So you saw those things getting passed around. So the upper echelon quarterbacks are saying to themselves, well, if he's getting $100 million, well, I need to get 125 I need to get 135 And Andrew Luck signed his big deal in the offseason. And now Matthew Stafford is the highest-paying quarterback I won't be surprised next year if Kirk Cousins is up being the highest-paid quarterback because his contract is up. It just seems to be that this is just the climate in the NFL right now, and NFL quarterbacks, it's real good time to be a quarterback in the NFL because they are at the top of their game, and they're getting paid the most at this point.
0: Troy, are you surprised that the Browns are kind of imploding already with Osweiler being chopped around and Gaden being chopped around? I mean, I thought for sure Hugh Jackson would be – Trying to patch things up for the Browns unit here, but it seems like they're already trying to, from rumors, rumors have it that they're shopping people
1: around. Yeah, um, you kind of see, I I think uh, the Browns, believe it or not, has actually set the precedent for these transactions in the NFL. I think the Browns were the first one to do it, and they came out and said, Winning right now is not important to us. What's more important right now is the future. And so they will be willing to trade anybody if that will put them in a better position in the future. And you see right now with the roster that they have, they look at that roster and say to themselves, honestly, can we compete for a division title? And if you look over at that Pittsburgh team and you look over at that Cincinnati team and that Baltimore team, the answer is absolutely not. So what you want to do is put yourself in position for the future so you can go ahead and get a better player. Well, you also with Joe Hayton, your are paying this got fourteen million dollars a year for a guy that's not going to help you win games. So you know he, he is a, he's an excellent player, there's no doubt about that. But how many games will he cost you if you trade him? And so if you have a chance to get a, get in a better draft position, and start to to put together these upper echelon line players, and looking what they did in this past year's draft, it was it was they had an excellent draft, and it looks like Deshaun Kaiser, he's going to be the day one starter. Um, so, you know, you see, you see the players that they got and they're, they're look like they're moving ahead in the future. You see the same thing with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been trade partners with a lot of teams also. So it seems to me like a lot of these teams are starting to take a page out of Cleveland's book as far as listen, everyone, you know, to a certain most people, most uh, players to a certain point, they're available if they're going to help us in the future and I kind of like to see it It's going to be interesting in how it all plays out in the end. But they also have to understand this. You cannot blame Hugh Jackson if he doesn't win. In this NFL climate, you should understand, and I think that that Cleveland team finally understands that it's going to take some time and some patience to get where they want to be. And firing Hugh Jackson is just not going to be the the best idea, especially if you're taking a lot of bullets out of his gun. Now,
0: Arizona... Has been pretty consistent for the last seven years. Do you think they're going to be relative uh, relative in the NFC West right now, considering they still have Johnson and Palmer, and then they still have a good D with uh, P, uh, Patrick Peterson. So, um, what do you think of Arizona in the NFC West?
1: You know, um, they're getting long in the tooth in some pretty in some pretty important positions. I mean, less quarterback. Um, You know, Carson Palmer isn't getting any younger. I mean, right now he's 37 years old. He's in his 15th uh, season. You got to plan to sit back. You got to plan to say, okay, how long is he going to be there? And I don't really think that you have his heir apparent on the roster when you have a guy like Drew Stanton, you got Blaine Gabbert, and you got rookie Trevor Knight um, uh, out of Texas A&M who may or may not make the team. So they're really putting all of their – they're putting all their eggs on one basket when it comes to Carson Palmer. Are they going to be able to rekindle that 2015 season? Or are they going to be like 2016 where they underachieved and, you know, you had a, a rash of injuries. You had some, some guys that moved on and didn't really pan out. I really couldn't understand how they didn't, uh, you know, um, ascend to, you know, to, to the next level. I had them being a Super Bowl team last year especially what with with virtually is, is, is arguably the best running back in the game When you have David Johnson and you got a Hall of Fame receiver and, uh, and, and, and Fitzgerald on the side. And that defense has been great. But they underachieved last year. So it's really hard to understand how they had the season that they had last year. But I think this year they are ready to compete. Will their, Of course, their biggest competition will be Seattle. And do not be surprised if those L.A. Rams, Come out of the gate smoking. These guys have looked good. I like the way golf has looked, and so they are not to be slept on. I think San Francisco has looked excellent. They now finally have an offense to to go along with it, so that NFC West is looking a little has looks like it has a little bit more fight than most people would have thought before the beginning of the season.
0: And that's why I, that's why I bring them up because. Defensively, they might be great. Offensively would be the question mark because they still have a pretty good defense. Um, Cutler goes to Miami because of Tannehill. Is Cutler the answer to keep him just at bay until Tannehill returns, if anything?
1: Um, I, I think that's a tough one for me because if you've looked over the history of of a guy like uh, Jake, he just hasn't been reliable. He just has not been a a reliable quarterback. But are you going to see him uh, have a more sustained effort a la Sam Bradford last year when you had the same injury with – well, when you had an injury with Teddy Bridgewater and they had to get Sam Bradford in the trade? I mean, they were lucky enough to get a guy with some comfortability in there. And maybe – Maybe Cutler will benefit from, you know, just having a, a new place to go. Uh, but he's always kind of been a malcontent. So I just think that the issue is not typically the team that he's on. I think the issue is usually him. And I don't know if he, uh, at this point in his career, has fixed his his issues when it comes to, number one, turning the ball over, and number two, just kind of being a malcontent. So will he be an answer with the talent that they have on that roster? Absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that team is, is is prone to make another uh, uh, playoff push and in, in competing with, in the AFC West. I mean, excuse me, in the AFC East. And I just think that the way that they played last year, maybe if they had a little bit of better play at quarterback, they might have gone a little bit further. So I like the roster that they have. Um, you know, they, they can run the ball. Um, with Jay Ajayi, he had two consecutive 200-yard games. I mean, the guy can run the ball. He's one of the more underrated running backs in the league. And so you got Jarvis Landry out there. You also have uh, Kenny Stills, who was re-signed. Parker is starting to come on in his second year out of Louisville. They have some weapons over there. So if Cutler can get them the ball, and he certainly has the arm enough to do it, if he can get them the ball and cut down on the turnovers, I really think that they have a chance to make the playoffs this year, especially with all the talent that they have on both sides of the ball. Now, Ezekiel Elliott was supposed to have his
0: uh, arbitration today based on his six-game suspension that was handed out by the NFL. Uh, Jerry obviously does not agree with the six-game suspension. He does agree with some sort of suspension. Uh, Are you in the same feeling as Jones that this should have been maybe dealt with in a different way?
1: Absolutely. I mean, especially if you know you're. We're basing this off of rules and and you know and and bylaws, right? So I'm sitting there saying to myself, if someone is accusing me of doing something, I don't have the right to face my accuser. I mean, that's the difference, I guess, with it being in the NFL and and being a court of law. Like you don't even have a chance to face whoever is accusing you of doing this now you have evidence out there you know she was saying that she was basically going to blackmail this man she was also saying that she was going to say some things and and do some things that was going to paint him in a bad light and she was going to do that because you know she was upset about whatever happened and so I don't understand how you cannot take that into consideration and so to have just, uh, you know, after they do this um, investigation and they ended up saying that he has, you know, he has to sit out six games, especially with all the evidence that has come out before and after. I don't understand how you can make that decision. So I'm glad he's appealing it. Um, it doesn't look like that that appeal is going to, to do anything. There's looks like they're still going to suspend him, whether it be for the six games or less than that. Um, but uh, it's it's just a bad situation, and they really have to fix that because that's just not fair to anyone that's involved in that to have someone do a smear campaign like that and then get away with it, and then they just walk away scot free. It's just not it's not it's not a good thing for anyone.
0: I agree. I think uh, technically, like we talked about before, the the league needs to really sit down with the player association, and figure out some sort of medium with certain violations from substance to domestic abuse to, you know, all that stuff. There's got to be some sort of medium for that and a standard to, you know, kind of figure that out. Even after a ruling, just kind of have to have some sort of guideline for it. Um, The power rankings for after three weeks in the preseason, obviously hold New England on top, Atlanta, number two, Oakland, three. You got the Steelers, number four. Then you got, I believe, Dallas, Seattle and Green Bay and then Tampa Bay. Um, do these mean anything,
1: Troy? Um, no. They don't mean anything. Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> we're basing it off of number one, the talent that they returned from last year. Number two, how they looked in the preseason. I mean, what are we basing it off of? I mean, these got these teams are all different. Um, and it's not gonna be as simple as, you know, this team is stronger than the other ones. When the bullets start flying on September seventh, that's when we'll start to realize who's the better teams. And you won't even understand then. It'll take probably a good four to six weeks before we start to figure out who's who and and what teams are actually, um, you know, just a a smidge above the teams that they're playing. And so this is is the NFL. And any of these things can change week to week. All it takes is one miss here and one field goal there. I mean, you know, the cliche goes it's a game of interest those interests could change every single week. And so we don't, we don't know, you know? Um, so I, I, I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for fans to talk about for power rankings. Other than that, it means absolutely nothing at all.
0: I I like McVay. Uh, he's doing really well. I like the offense. So uh, a lot of the Redskins, um, I defensively, if Donald doesn't come back, that's my worry. But I think Wade Phillips is going to do well. So, um, uh, The Rams being in the mix seems like it's a good deal. So what do we say about Redskins?
1: Well, three straight games in the preseason, the Redskins have started off slow on offense, and they started off slow on defense. Um, If you listen to Redskins fans in this area, everyone is in absolute panic mode. Uh, You're either against Kirk Cousins completely because of, variety of things, more notably of how RG3 was cast aside and all of a sudden that um, Kirk Cousins was, was placed at the mantle or because, you know, he wasn't very good in the red zone last year. The the fan base is completely divided and this is nothing new in, in Washington, D.C. The most popular player in Washington, D.C. has always been the backup quarterback. It's not changing right now, so it doesn't it just adds to the narrative when you saw Colt McCoy go out there and and, and look completely, you know, um, he he looked completely dominant out there. But the thing is, is that people don't understand that, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL against the number one guys, I mean, it takes rhythm also. He hasn't really gotten a chance to get into a rhythm. He's either had Terrell Pryor's down, Josh Doxson is down, Crowder was down, he missed the game, um, Mo Harris has been out. You know, so um, Jordan Reed is just now getting back, so he hasn't had his whole, um, you know, his whole cache of weapons to work with and get and to get in sync with them. So I'm really not worried about it. Um, I've seen, I've been here when the Redskins went four and oh in the preseason and the season at five and eleven, and I've seen when they went zero and four and they won the Super Bowl. So I'm not in a real of panic. The biggest thing that I worry about is the defense. Um, are they going to be able to stop teams this year they added some pieces at the defensive line uh we ended up losing a guy uh, uh, just yesterday um it, it you know so that that hurts we we lost our our big nose tackle out there but we drafted pretty well um we added some defensive pieces out there and I want to see if it all comes together. This team, this area and this team has been talking that they're going to be improving on defense every year. And the last four years, they ended the year at number 30 at 31st in, in the league. Unacceptable. You can't win like that in this league. It's simple as that. So it really just predicates to me was how is the defense going to come out this year? So I'm going to sit back and be calm until week one. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll let the other fans just go ahead and go nuts. But I'm I just worry about how the defense is going to equip themselves on week one.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you with the Rams too. I just think they that week five will decide whether uh McVay's new offense is gonna be in, in sync, especially when they go up against the West. I think they're competitive with the West. Uh outside of the West is where I'm more concerned with. So we'll see how that goes. Holly's in here to back up her Niners, but uh I'm pretty sure uh, we'll get her, her tech next week as well and kind of figure it out. She's kind of happy with some of the changes that have been done there. Um, so we'll we'll look forward to that. I uh, just want to remind everybody, Hurricane Harvey, you can help text Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y, to 90999. You can donate $10 to the American Red Cross. Or you can help out JJ Watt's cause at ucarrying.com forward slash JJ Watt, ucarrying.com forward slash JJ Watt. So to help out all the... Uh, people in Texas and Louisiana with the Hurricane Harvey uh, relief efforts. Um, thanks, everybody. On Twitter, we're officially over 6,500 followers as of today. 6,500 followers as of today. So thank you, everybody, for your support and be, for being loyal followers. And uh, check out our Facebook page as well. We're nearing 6,000 on Facebook. So uh, thanks, everybody, for all the um, following and support for women's great iron that we cover internationally with our network. Um, we just started covering Brazil this past week. Um, uh, so it's exciting times for us and we'll be covering the finals there in Brazil as well. we got a contact in Brazil now. So, um, Brazil, uh, women's, uh, great iron is going to be covered. Uh, you get the tidbits on it on our Twitter feed this week. Uh, the championship will be coming next week. We'll keep you tabs on that and any insights or links. We'll post that as well. So, um, Patrol, let's move on. Legends Football League, Legends Cup coming up this week. Uh, the Atlanta Steam do not buckle or collapse. <laughs> they finally get the monkey off their back in a 14-6 victory. Uh, was it the Steam defense or was it Jane Conwell and company not playing their best?
1: Oh, you got you got to give it to the defense. You got to. I mean, they, they stepped up. I mean, they, they've they shown that they can do that. We just didn't know if they could do it for four quarters when it counted. And they finally got it done. I mean, you've got to take your hat off the defense to, to hold that team to six points. That team that can run, run up and down the field, they can run the ball, they can throw it. Um, and then not to mention they can make points on their defense, with their defense. And they really just kept the, the, the mistakes to a minimum. And they went out there and they played their they played good assignment football and they played aggressive, and so you have to take your hat off to them um, for, for getting that win, especially a team that really has had their number forever.
0: Troy, are you keep Hack? And you,
1: when this happened, do you
0: think <laughs> it was just cursing and pissed off at your offense and your whole team? No, AJ J. Johnson. I don't think she got one catch uh, Del Harris was uh, Minimally impacted uh, Conwell was basically called To try to salvage the game um, The Bliss Either got too relaxed And on the other side Ziegler um, Purnell, Dakota Hughes uh, Robin, Dane Robinson You got to give it to this guy After that many losses uh, you, you could You
1: could tell this guy was just, like, relieved. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, definitely relief. Relief has to be um, the word that I would use, and you you don't want to use that word really against, um, you know, when you're playing a sport like that. But that's just exactly what it is. I remember in 2004, me being a Red Sox fan, and it was just the same old story. You know, the Yankees came up, and they just they battered they battered the Red Sox for three straight games. They were up three to nothing. I was looking at it like, eh, you know, I guess next year, wondering what they're going to do next year. And all of a sudden, you know, the Red Sox reel off one win and then two wins, and it's just like the more confident you, the team got, the more confident the fans got. And then when they actually completed the, the entire comeback, that was the feeling that I had after all the screaming and yelling. I just felt absolute relief that I don't have to get teased by um, New York uh, Yankees fans and hearing out, you know, how they have their number and the curse of the Bambino and all that crap. I just wanted to get it out of the way. I don't ever have to hear about the curse of the Bambino ever again. And then to to, to make it even better, they went and swept the St. Louis Cardinals. And so I'm sitting there saying to myself, since Atlanta did get over the hump, okay, they beat Chicago, I don't think they're going to be intimidated at all, you know, going up against Seattle. I just don't. They're not going to be intimidated. I just think that their intimidation factor has already gone out of the window. Now they're just playing with house money. And so I want to see how they are going to show up. And if they're going to play with enthusiasm, or if they're going to play tight, you have nothing to be tight for. You've gotten over your biggest hump. Now it's just time to play football.
0: I don't know about you, Troy, but uh, the juggernaut that is the Miss <laughs> Randall, Angel, <Mr>. Snore, <laughs> Malloy—I uh, mean, I could name it on and on and <laughs> on. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough hurdle or even Atlanta, uh, they, they will have to bring their best A game on defense and they will have to bring their best A game on offense if they even want to get near, uh, you know, Seattle. Unless Seattle completely collapses, which could happen, but unless they completely collapse, it's, it's going to be a big challenge for, uh, for Atlanta. And this is for the biggest prize in the league. This is not just to beat your opponent that you've lost to seven times in a row in the Eastern Conference. This is, this is basically the cup. And given uh, Jessica Hopkins is on her way out, I don't think she wants to go out as a loser <laughs> in the cup. And Michelson's not going to go out as, you know, losing it up to Atlanta. So Dane Robinson uh, and company, they got to they gotta really show up and put a good game plan together against Michelson and, and the Miss. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. I mean, because as you said, they have to account for that offense and that defense. I mean, Danica Brace, you're not going to fool her with any kind of play. I mean, she she'll diagnose whatever you have out there, and she'll make the play. You know. Um, I just love well, the way the course. Danica,
0: you know, Danica's not there, but the, her replacement is there, which is Jay Randall and Michelle Angel. So it's like. You know, It's almost like having Danica there in a way because they've played solid yeah. ball defensively the whole season. So now, now we're getting down to what we get down to in Seattle is um, are they going to be able to stop the bull on the run game or Malloy on the speed game because that's their two weapons on the ground because if Matheny doesn't have a great game, the options are run game. So you know, that's one of the things that Atlanta's got to contain.
1: And then they air it out well, really well. So, well, well, you also have, you know, Atlanta is, is not inexperienced completely. Uh, they're inexperienced as far as like, you know, being in a championship game. But they have, they played against that Chicago team that beat that Seattle team. Now, Seattle doesn't have the same horses, of course, but they still, they Chicago beat that team and then them getting over that hump. I just think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest uh, hurdle for them to get over. And I just think right now they really need to understand that they're playing with house money. I just think when you are playing loose like that and you're forgetting all the, you know, I think, I think you and I can both agree with this. Every time that we saw them play, especially in a big spot, it just seems like, and they were winning most of the time. And they would just, you know, they would just fumble it away. They would just let it go. And I just think now that they've, Actually, completed a game in a big spot. I just think that will bode well big time for their confidence.
0: You can watch the Eastern Conference Legends Football League final this coming week on Saturday, September 2nd at Legends Football League on YouTube. Let's talk about the West. Uh, Coach Thui, very good season, undefeated, was coming in to take on Seattle. Seattle, same way, they're coming in, undefeated squads here, very familiar with each other. Unfortunately, the injury bug causes the temptation to fall. It's really what it boiled down to because they had uh, the F-150, which is Carmen on run game. They had Cynthia Smith, who apparently did not play. And then uh, Chelsea Hart goes down with an injury in the first quarter, sort of limits that. And then Soleno's mistakes did not help at all. So uh, Miss did not play you know, as well as they should have, but they played good enough and capitalized on temptation mistakes. So um, that's really the story of the uh, Western Conference championship. The fact that the temptation just could not put it together in a real game like this and um, with injuries and everything that came about, Seattle just took advantage. So Malloy and and Stevie Snore. You got Randall and, Mich- and, and Michelle Angel, I, I mean, well in on defense. I mean, it just – it Seattle's just top top stock. So, you know, the 2013 win here kind of showcases the fact that uh, Los Angeles wasn't ready to compete at a championship conference level, even with the legendary Solano.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, it looked like Nathaniel and Randall, they were pretty much on the same page. Um, uh, she made a great catch. During that game, oh my gosh, that was one of the better catches I've seen in women's football. That in football in general, so I mean, it was just a you know just to see them uh, come out and they connected on that one. And coming out, they they started to to, they were ahead at twenty to six at the halftime. Um, At that point, it just looked like they could L A. couldn't get in sync. Um, you know, only having, having that one score, they couldn't really get on the same page. I think a, a lot of what you said with the injuries and people trying to um, uh, to, to account for those, uh, for those missing bodies, it's kind of hard to get into a groove and to get a rhythm. And, you know, you're used to having someone else play next to you. All of those things get taken into account. Uh, but, man, I mean, they, after last year and at least them making the playoffs this year, that looks like it was a step above, but I know LA expected a lot more out of their team. And if it wasn't for the injuries, I think it may have been a different result, may have been a closer game. But just, but take nothing away from Seattle, despite the injuries or whatever. This team has always been came out and and played championship. You know you, you still have to take your hats off to them. I just would like to see how KK Matheny is going to kind of is, is going to uh, attack this Atlanta defense. Um, coming up in the championship game, This is two years in a row that I that I've seen her, where she just looks like she's gotten better each and every time I watch her out on the field, and she just and it's it's really nothing's changed now, so she's just been great, and I would like to see how she you know how she's going to account in that game, uh, in the championship game. All
0: right, Troy. So there it is, LA. Great season, just falls on the end there. Seattle sustained themselves as obviously top dog all season, even with the you know the meek schedule that everybody had. These were the four best teams in the league for the given the schedule that was put out this year. It was kind of bad, but technically the finals did kind of you know measure up to what we expected. So the two teams left standing is a surprise because we all assumed Chicago was going to return and Seattle was going to be here again, and all of a sudden Atlanta proves everybody wrong. They step up their game, they put it together. They get the monkey off their back. Can they beat the big gorilla of the Northwest, or will you know too much weapons? Jade Randall, uh, Michelle Angel, remember they played for Dallas last year. They were almost close to the playoffs as well, and they beat they beat Seattle as well. So can can you know them being in Seattle now, they're hungry for glory, pitch of glory. They're not just gonna roll over. So Atlanta, I think my key to Atlanta is they gotta limit all of their mistakes. They got to play four quarters with no mistakes because Seattle, even with the mistake, they have the weapons to kind of reset and replay. And especially with Michael's and the attitude about having a killer instinct, it's going to challenge Dave Robinson to find out what he's worth.
1: I just think that like, I'm looking at it from the, from the standpoint of Seattle's offense. Uh, I just think they have way too many weapons. I mean, k at quarterback and you know and tossing the ball up to Jade Randall. looks like these guys are back on the same page. uh you got the Bull, my favorite player, she's awesome, and then you got the speech to Dominic uh Dominique Malloy uh who can really just she can just tote it. I mean that girl can run, and so I just think it's just a lot of weapons that they have on that Seattle side i'm 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 leaning towards Seattle because they are the more talented, more experienced. And I just think that they are the better team. But I just, I don't know, man. I just, I'm looking at Atlanta and I just, I don't know. I just keep saying, I keep thinking 2004 Red Sox, 2004 <laughs> Red Sox. But I'm going to go with Seattle. I just think, again, they are the better team. And they they know what they're doing out there. This is just not necessarily, I'm not going to say it's a walk in the park. But I'm just going to say for them, playing in the championship game is like, Asking a mailman to go for a walk It's just what they do, you know. So yes. I just think they are more prone to be on top in this game. here. I just I, I'm
0: with you. I see the roster in the Northwest. Uh, the potential is there for somebody to go down and somebody replaces them. I mean, you got Hopkins, you got Randall, you got Whalen, you got Malloy. I mean, you could, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You can name them all at this point. Uh, Atlanta, really. Um, I, I'm going to give it to Seattle on an, on, a, on an just a small edge, maybe a two-touchdown win in that aspect. But Atlanta, if they're listening, they've got to bring their A game. This is the best team in Legends Football League, Seattle. If you want to make a statement in this league, that means Dakota Hughes, Lauren Ziegler, Adrian Purnell, and Tana Wojowski, if you guys want to make a statement, this is the game to make a statement that you have arrived, that you put in your time. Uh, but it's going to be a huge obstacle. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think the miss will win. I don't think they'll win, you know, you know the big margin, but I think they'll put it together and, and they'll edge uh, the steam. So, Atlanta, you know, if you're listening, you got to bring your A game. That's it. That's just bottom line. No mistakes. you got to play a top-notch ball, especially against Stevie Snore <laughs> and Malloy just on the run game. That's that's even if if, if Matheny has an off game, which it happens, obviously it happened in one of the championship games. So, just just in that sense, they got they can compensate. In other words, so we're both going with Seattle,
1: basically. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I just, I just you know you mess with the bull, you get the horns. That's I always think about that with Stevie Schnorr. She she's awesome, man. She I'm telling you, they can ride her throughout this game. If they can just go ahead and pound that rock and end up, you know, getting something over the top to Jade, they really could control this game from start to finish with the offense that they have. So uh, yeah, I'm going with Seattle.
0: Yeah, the only thing that happens is if the girls get drunk before the game, and I mean Atlanta, <laughs> that's going to be the factor. <laughs> uh, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's the only issue that we're gonna have. You know, uh, if if Dina gets too loaded, she might not know where the extra, how to throw the ball. <laughs> uh, it's a habit for her when she's sober. Now, if she's heavily drunk, <laughs> could be an issue. <laughs> Anyways, um, just poking fun there. Um, so that's it. So Legends Cup is gonna happen September third at Ontario at Citizens Back Arena. You're gonna have the Legends um, Awards the night before. We'll keep you tapped. And Lauren Ziegler is the 2017 Hall of Fame inductee um, right behind Michelson, Liz Gorman, and Monique Axiola. So congratulations to Lauren Ziegler, who started in Orlando, went to Jacksonville, uh, Tampa Bay, and then ended up over in, obviously, in Atlanta now. So a journeyman of the league. Um, So uh, an awesome player. She's devoted her time and effort and she's a real durable player. So one of the key factors that the team will need to be on point against the miss. Do you agree, Troy?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So congratulations to her on her Hall of Fame inductee. And then that will be, obviously, uh, the day before Legends Cup on September 3rd. Let's go to women's news and notes. Um, tryouts in the WFA and the IWFL. Tryouts in the WFA. You can go to w, uh, WFAProFootball.com. Look for the team uh, icon or logo, team in your state, and then you get the information there either via Facebook or Twitter or via a phone number or email. And you can get in contact with the local teams if you're interested in playing in the 2018 WFA season, as well as the IWFL at IWFLsports.com. And then uh, tryouts are also going on in Mexico, FX Mexico and Lexfa. As well as in Canada at the WWCFL, the Women's Western Women's Canadian Football League. So you can go to their sites on Twitter at WWCFL, Lexfa at Lexfa Football, and then FFX Mexico, FFX underscore Mexico, or on Facebook FX Feminil, and Lexfa and WWCFL. Uh, the Division Two Championship in Finland was the Kopio Steelers winning 37 to 18 versus the Lohja Lions. They win Division Two of the Maple Series, uh, Topio Steelers, uh, really strong, 37 18. They took care of the Lions, so congratulations to them. You get the details and the recap on our Twitter feed at Gridiron Beauty. The recap on there as well on uh, YouTube uh, via AFT Lions as well. Uh, the uh, Finnish Championship, the Finland's uh, final championship, will happen September 2nd, this coming weekend. Uh, the Helsinki Roosters. We'll take on the Helsinki Wolverines, the Battle of Helsinki right here. 9 0 Roosters looking for back to back championships versus the Wolverines, 6 and 3 looking for their first championship. We'll have previews on SIJF.fi as we come closer to September 2nd on our Facebook page as well as on our Twitter feed. And then uh, Great Iron New South Wales kicks off September 2nd as the Northwestern Phoenix will take on the new uh, UNSW Raiders. As well as the North Sydney Rebels taking on the UTF Gators, so we'll have updates uh, as well after the games happen and scores on Greater New South Wales, in Queensland. Week three, the battle here, September second. Our uh, Christy Moran moves from Logan City over to Bayside Ravens, and guess what? Bayside Ravens are two and zero. Surprise, surprise. Not 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 a surprise to us. Uh, so Bayside Ravens two and zero, undefeated. Will take on Lauren Evans, Kanisha Sims and company. Gold Coast Stingrays, the champs, 1-0. and The Battle of Undefeated this weekend, um, I, I can't pick a side, Troy. <laughs> Christy's so good. Lauren's so good. It's like, I, <laughs> Kanisha is awesome. Oh, my God. That's hard. Our uh, best wishes to the winner. How's that? Uh, that's that's a cop-out. <laughs> best
1: hey, wishes to the winner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
0: you know, but, uh <laughs> Bayside's been playing so good uh, since the start of the season, especially with Christy as an addition. Uh, Christy Torres out there as well. And then you, um, you have a roll to roll uh, to like over in Brisbane too. And Brisbane, the Rhinos are 0-2. They're looking for their first win, unfortunately, week three here to take on Logan City Jets uh, who are undefeated 1-0. and So it's going to be a tough battle for Brisbane. I don't know if they go 0-3. Kind of like the Brisbane Wildcats last year, remember? They just could not win a game. Uh, Brisbane has been pretty stayed pretty close in terms of competition, so uh, let's go Rhinos. See if the Rhinos can pull up a victory over the Jets at this point. So Bayside versus Gold Coast for undefeated right there, Brisbane versus the Logan City Jets, and that's your uh, Great Iron Queensland Week 3 matchups coming up September 2nd. Uh, we also mentioned Brazil semifinals coverage. You can check it out on our Twitter feed. We will have the final of the Brazilian women's Great Iron coverage, Um, as it comes through our links, and we'll post it up on our Twitter site first, and then at that point, um, hook it up to our Facebook page. Um, The scores, at this point, that's all I have. So if uh, anybody's got any other scores, the uh, German League, I will update that this week as I get my contacts to uh, send that out for me. And I know the finals are coming up as well because it's in September. Uh, The Ladies' Ball will happen as well. Grand Iron uh, West which will kick off in October, first week of October, and we'll get that in details for you as well. So the LFL playoff uh, semifinals was Chicago Bliss fall to the Atlanta team 14-6 to in a shocker for all of us. We didn't, we, we didn't think the Steam was ever going to overcome, and they do. Seattle versus L.A. Seattle uh, wins 28-13 with uh, some injuries during the game with L.A. and Salerno not playing their best. So it's 2013, and that's what happened Seattle Miss versus the Los Angeles Temptation. So Seattle versus Atlanta, Legends Cup September 3rd. That's going to happen in Ontario at the Citizens Bank Arena. So you can watch the uh, Western Conference matchup, Seattle versus LA, on our Twitter feed via uh, Legends Football League uh, YouTube. And this week on September uh, 2nd, which is Saturday, you're going to get to watch the Eastern Conference and get to watch the Steam. Overcome and beat the Bliss, uh, Chicago Bliss. It's going to be a great game, off because we didn't anticipate that happening and it did happen. So, so it's a good game to watch.
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm just really uh, congratulations to that Atlanta team uh, for, for uh, overcoming, um, just getting over that big hurdle. I, I know how that is. It's just a great mental thing to get over. I just think that it bode well for those ladies, not just on the football. But just in life period, as far as how they persevered in that game, I just thought that was excellent.
0: Just want to make a note of it. Uh, all the coverage comes through us through us via our network partners. So I want to uh, uh, just very appreciative of everybody that works with us to get uh, the Women's Gridiron news and notes and all the information that we gather from the, board, um, the uh, group boards as well as all the contacts that we've gotten over the last uh, five, six years Uh, I want to give them a shout-out for excellent work, giving us the platform, giving us the information to display out there to share and to go forward with it as well. So I really, really appreciate everybody's effort. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the women's game and at the same time supporting our project and our actual uh, social sites. Um, Toy, you said Kaepernick's going to go probably week one with some team. I said week eight, week five. So, technically, you're on the clock. So, we'll see how what happens in week one at this point. So, we're still on the clock. So, you're on the clock first, by the way, just so we're everybody. And so, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, Katie Sowers, um, done pretty well in the preseason with the Niners. We'll see how her impact and knowledge affects the regular season. So, we're really looking forward to her uh, aspect of it. And if you guys haven't picked up or pre-ordered the book, it is big play. And it's uh, by uh, Jen Walker, so you can go to Jay Walker 47 on Twitter, and you get the link there as well. So it's a big play by Jen Walker. Um, So, um, or I'm sorry, play big, play, play big is the new book by Dr. Jen Walker, and you can go to her site at Jay Walker 47 and kind of take a look at that. So um, I got nothing else except for uh, I did I forget? Yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. The WFL playoffs in Mexico, they're going to happen. Red Devils. We'll take on Troyanas this weekend as well. So we'll keep you updated as well on that. So Red Devils versus Troyana. Red Devils looking for their second championship since 2015. Troyanas looking for the first title. So I think I I covered it all. I don't think I missed anything. But if I did, I apologize. But we'll update it on Twitter. That's our hub,
1: Twitter hub. Gotcha. Hey, I wanted to go ahead and remind you guys, uh, this past week, college football began. So we have some huge games, huge games, two huge games coming up this week that I'm looking forward to. Uh, the first game I'm going to just go ahead and get that out of the way is the Michigan, Florida Gators, Michigan ranked number 11, Florida, number 17. These two teams played against each other in a bowl game. Uh, and so that was, that was a great test. And this game we're we'll here will be down in Dallas and Jerry world. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that game. Neither one of these teams have announced who their starting quarterback is going to be. I think with Michigan is going to be Wilton Spate, uh, maybe Treyon Harris or Malik Zaire with Florida. Who knows? But I just like the intrigue right now. Uh, eight players have been suspended on Florida's roster since be- b- the beginning of the season. So those eight players will miss the game. Michigan doesn't have any players mission- missing. I just think Michigan right now is the least experienced team because they lost so many starters to the NSL. Um, they actually had 13 players get drafted in the NFL last year, uh, which was tops in the NFL. Um, so they lost a lot of people, but they had uh, their roster was stocked. I just think Michigan has the upside here, um, even though they're 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 well both teams are traveling, but they're traveling a little bit further south, so they're probably not going to have as many fans there as Florida Gators will. Uh, but I think Michigan will go out and equip themselves because John Harbaugh is just such a great coach. I think he'll have those teams prepared. And then you have the big juggernaut match, the one versus three. You got number one Alabama against number three Florida State. DeAndre Francois, um, he played. They were played against Florida, uh, excuse me, against Michigan last season in the bowl game. He ended the season as a true freshman. This guy was playing lights out. Uh, You also have Derwin Derwin, um, uh, James on that side uh, where he can line up anywhere. He's right now is the starting safety, but you'll see this guy line up at wide receiver, running back, kick returner, wherever. They'll put this guy everywhere because he's that great of an athlete. On the other side, you got Alabama. They had Jalen Hurts who led his team to the the championship game against Clemson. They came up a little bit short. Definitely wasn't because of this guy's fault. He really acquitted himself as a freshman, Coming into that situation in such a high, um, a highly regarded program, the highly most highly guarded program in college football, and really showed his metal out there. Uh, so you always look to see how, how he'll improve. Scarborough it moves into the starting running back position. This guy is an absolute war horse. He's six He's two hundred twenty two pounds, and he can run like anything. This, this so this matchup. Is a typical Florida State, excuse me, a typical Alabama matchup where in the beginning of the season they play a highly ranked team. Will this be the first time that Alabama loses one of these games? Because they have come out and dominated each of the last times that they've come out. I think it was against Michigan, USC was last year, and then Virginia Tech the year before that. So I just think this year this will be their toughest test. I'm looking forward to both of those matchups. I think Alabama in the win in, in the end wins the matchup but it's going to be a hell of a matchup either way. So what a great way to kick off major college football this weekend. Both of those games are on Saturday. The Michigan-Florida Florida game will be at 3.30 on ABC, and the Alabama-Florida State game will be at 8 o'clock on ABC.
0: It's going to be exciting. And college football, and then we'll have uh, Holly back to talk college football. She loves college football as well, so we're going to be in the mix as well. Um, just to let everybody know, uh, week to week, uh, we're going to end up covering, you know, college football in general as well, as well as the women's gridiron Australia scene, news and notes, and NFL as well. So uh, stay tuned with us weekly. You can subscribe to us on our podcast at Apple Podcasts, as well as you can follow us here right here on Block Talk Radio. Check out our link on our uh, Apple Podcasts, on our Twitter or Facebook page, as well. You can visit our, our Zazzle site. Zazzle has been supporting us uh, for almost four years now. Continue to be a big supporter of us. You can visit Zazzle.com, supports the No Joke Football Project. You can get anything, uh, leggings, uh, T-shirts, tanks, hoodies, just you name it, and gifts in general from the Zazzle site up to 30% daily. So check out the daily codes and take advantage of that. Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, help us uh, support that. And we also have our Flip Give, Flip Give promotion, um, and that goes on yearly. So take advantage of all the cool stuff from Nike, Under Armour, and etc. cetera. And you can get that on our Twitter feed as well on the link. So check that out. And it's going to be pretty exciting times going forward here in the next uh, between now and January and February in North America. It's pretty much another off season, But we still got football NFL style plus women's gridiron down under hotbed until uh, October and early December. So uh, exciting times for everybody. Football never stops for us. And the college football is just starting to gear up, as Troy says. So we're going to be really excited to catch it every week. And I, Troy, I believe uh, Sydney was the launch, right? Sydney, The, the Sydney um, event officially launches the college season. Besides, in the States, it will be this week, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. Sydney kicked it off. You know, a lot of teams are starting to want to go overseas to um, kind of showcase uh, themselves. And it's also a great recruiting point uh, for these universities. So you love to see that. And so any way we can kick off the season, man, we'll definitely take it.
0: All right. So, uh, for the always informative toy Wilson and, uh, the absent, uh, Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez saying, we'll catch you here next week. Make sure you subscribe to our Apple podcast and follow us right here on black talk radio weekly. So you can stay in the know in women's gridiron NFL, hot topics and college football. So for, uh, Everybody that follows us, thank you very much. And we'll see you on social media. Have a great night.
1: See you guys.